Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeBone, and this is a happy, hippie place for talking all things magic, witches and fiction, and creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 413 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will not find a link to today's special guest, Karen Smith, our patron of the month. Yay! Patron of the month is totally a thing now. (laughs) I tested it out in July. I had my friend Sierra on the show. You all seem to like it. And now with Karen, I have a feeling you're really going to like it. We're just going to make that a regular thing until further notice. And there's no link to Karen. She says that you can join us on Patreon and find her over on Discord that way, which is the most Karen thing ever to say. As you will probably gather once you hear today's conversation, I told her it's just going to be like a 20 to 30 minute quick conversation that I will cut into the body of like a longer talkity-talkity kind of podcast. And then we ended up chatting for 45 minutes. We chatted well after the podcast too, because apparently we like to chat. (laughs) You know I do. (laughs) So this, I think this will be a little more interview heavy than I intended it to be, but it's all good because Karen's a really inspiring person. And I have a very special message for Sarah Jackson. Sarah Jackson, prepare yourself because I'm coming after you next, woman. (laughs) There are so many amazing people that I have met through Hippie Witch that you all don't know because they're not authors. They're not thought leaders. They're not podcasters. They're just really amazing people creating the kick-ass life of their dreams under the radar. And so with the patron of the month, I'm trying to shine a light on these people, whether they like it or not. (laughs) Nothing against anybody's will, but I try to coax them out and be like, come on, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. You're in good hands. And if you don't like anything, we can just edit it out. And speaking of that, I did not like the original intro that I did for this episode. I was in a rush. The kid and I were going to the movies and I kept sitting through the movie, which was not my favorite movie. It was Angry Birds 2. Going over in my head like, I really didn't love that. So I'm just going to do this kind of just speak from the heart, chit chat, kind of friendly opening thing and we'll see where it takes us. We'll see where it goes. But before I do that, I definitely have to thank the amazing people who are supporting the podcast over on Patreon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast that way and literally for supporting The Kid and I. I appreciate it. Thank you especially to those of you who have been there for a couple of years now. I can't even believe it's been that long or that you've hung with me that long, but 
y'all are amazing. I just love you so much. And I really, really appreciate not just the support, but just getting to know you better there. And I want to give a special shout out to new patrons, Sarah Cafferty, Rachel Logue, and drumroll, this is not a new patron, it's the return of the Phoebe. Woo! Return of the Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe is, is a favorite in the hippie witch crowd. So welcome back, Phoebe. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome, Rachel. There was some discussion here in the in the interview that you will hear up ahead about how we hang out on this app called Discord so we can chat every day. It's linked up to Patreon. And Karen was saying that she loves the girls there and the women and it's great for meeting girlfriends. But I just, I always have to stand up for the men and be like, there are men here too. <laughs> there really are, but they tend to just contact me or I just see them. They're like silent partners or something. They show up and they silently support. Michael comes to mind. He supported the show. He paid more than what the tiers are month after month after month after month. So I know you're there, men. And I don't know if it's because us women are so chatty that you don't like know, like, when do I jump into this conversation? But I try my best <laughs> to make it welcoming for everybody. And you, everybody is welcome to chat with us over there, uh, re regardless of what you have going on downstairs. And so I just wanted to, this is actually, I, there's some things I wanted to catch you up on, a little bit of news, and this is the last episode of the Summer of Magic. The summer is not technically over. In fact, here in Los Angeles, sometimes it doesn't really get cooking until September, which is my birthday month. I find this highly annoying because to me, I don't know what's up with me. I grew up in I, central southish California, in Bakersfield, California. I have lived in Los Angeles, Southern California for decades. And in my mind, September is fall. It's, it's pumpkin season. I bust out my sweaters. I try all of my sweaters on, even if it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> I'm just ready for fall. I'm a huga witch. I'm super into the huga. I, I just love the fall. It's my favorite time of the year. And I just stubbornly insist that it's fall way before it feels like fall here. But I have to say, something strange happened with the summer of magic. The main reason that I chose to call summer 2019 the summer of magic is because in previous summers, I would suffer with depression or anger issues because the heat, I just, I don't know. I, maybe I have a low heat tolerance or something. And then ever since I started walking the wheel of the year, I learned to sort of begrudgingly appreciate it. And then that begrudging appreciation sort of rolled into tolerance. And then this year I was like, no, I'm actually going to harness the magic of summer. Fire magic, sun magic. I'm not just going to tolerate it. I'm actually going to enjoy it. And I think the universe was just like, oh, aren't you cute? <laughs> aren't you cute? And it gave me a break because it has been the mildest, weather-wise, the mildest summer we have had in years. So June was so lovely. I loved June. And... 
to me, the thing that makes June, June is June gloom. We have something here in LA called June gloom. So right when like summer's getting rolling and everybody's expected to be wearing like shorts and going to the beach, we have this really gloomy, cloudy month. It, and it, it's, you know, longer, or shorter, depending on the year, but it was most of June this year. There's a band called The Like, by the way. I used to love The Like before they had a lineup change. <laughs> the original Like, I liked a lot. And they had a song, June Gloom, about our LA weather. Anyway, so that was amazing in June. And then it just kind of rolled on through to the rest of summer so far. Knock on wood. Strongly, I knock on wood. <laughs> I pray that this amazing weather lasts through September and that we get to just cruise right into fall without getting slapped around by the hot, hot heat. That would be amazing. So that was quite magical. I have to say thank you, gods of the weather, for this summer of magic that did not scorch my brain. Although I will say, this is just kind of my, my wrap up, so bear with me, but I will say July. July was an ass kicker. You may have heard me talk about it here, there, and everywhere. I was truly shocked, shocked by July. I really hate it when people talk about Mercury retrograde. I've developed a chip on my shoulder about it, and, and we can talk about that another time. <laughs> It's very unwoo of me, I know. But I have to admit that July for me was like the cliche of Mercury retrograde hell. Anything and everything that could go wrong with technology did. And I was in the middle of the launch for Queen. And typically you don't want to do a launch in the middle of the summer. I already knew this was like an uphill thing, but I was like, no, I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a summer queen thing. Everything went wrong. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and it culminated in, I had been promoting queen for about a month. There was like 10, 10 or 11 days left before the program began and it's the kind of program that closes like once we start you can't sign up for it anymore and I was like this is so weird I know summer's really slow and it's not a good time to sell programs but why aren't people signing up this is unusual something's off and I went looking and come to find out there's a free it's an awesome free three-day video series you can do it anytime you want but if you're doing it during a queen launch after you watch the third video, it will say if you enjoyed this free video series and working with the queen archetype and you want to go deeper, please join us for the queen program. It's this, you know, five week audio journey and you can sign up here. Well, what happened for the entire first month of this launch <laughs> was people would get to the third video and instead of having a sign up here button, it said, I'm sorry, this program is now closed and I will notify you by email when it opens up again. <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell me? I don't know. But I was like, oh my God. So I was already working pretty hard and... I did some interviews with some amazing witches, Paige from the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast, Jesse Huntenberg on YouTube, Molly Roberts on YouTube. I was sending newsletters. I was super fired up about talking about what it's like 
to be in an abusive relationship and then to build your life back up from there as the queen or even the king of your own life. Speaking of men, if you're listening to this right now, I was into it. I, I'm always into it. Whatever I'm talking about, it has to come from an authentic place or I just I just won't have oomph. I just won't feel like doing it. So I just don't do it. So I was into it. I was really feeling it. But then once I realized, holy crap, I've been sending people away. <laughs> I started doing double time. And so those last like 10 days of July was like newsletter, 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 social media, social media, videos. I was just, oh my Lord. I was so exhausted when August came and I was just so burnt out that I learned two things. One, July taught me that I am persistent as fuck. I have a lot of resilience, my friends. I'm very persistent. And I kind of, I guess I already knew that about myself, but it still surprises me how when push comes to shove, I will shove right back. And because in my early adult years, I was very easy to break and I would quit at the first sign of resistance. I'm very proud of that characteristic now. So I felt good. I felt good that instead of, getting really upset about it. Not that it didn't piss me off or disappoint me, but instead of wallowing in that, I was like, no, I was really focused on, I was focused on, and this is the trick. This is the trick to any kind of business, any kind of business that you're in. If it involves other people in any way, the trick is to focus on other people, not yourself. So if I was focused on myself, I would be very, very pissed and down and depressed and feel defeated. But I chose to focus on who needs this program and I'm going to connect with them. And that helped me make it through to the finish line. It was a much, much smaller group than anticipated, but I just choose to believe that it's the exact perfect group for this time and every woman that needed that program got in and whatever but come August the second thing that I learned is that I can go 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 and persist and really move through a lot of external resistance like that and a lot of glitches and I can I have a lot of stamina but once I cross the finish line I need time to just collapse (laughs) and do nothing so in two separate waves in August I just took some time off and I noticed like uh this is an amazing tip for sure I noticed right before the second wave that I was getting ill and like a kind of a sore throat. I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, no, I'm not going to get sick. I think this is a message from my body that I need to rest and stop working and slow down. And so I'm going to listen to the message of my body and I'm going to do just that. Whatever I feel like. I'm just no pressure. Dink around my house. Take a nap. Watch Netflix. Walk to the mall. Do whatever I want until... I feel better. And one day rolled into the next, rolled into the next. I think it was like four days or so of that before I was like, okay, I feel inspired and excited to work again. So that's one part of the tip I wanted to share with you is when you first notice a sickness, an illness, 
an offness coming on like that, acknowledge it. Acknowledge your body and be like, thank you for the message. I'm going to take the message and honor it. So you don't need to do the whole full-blown I'm out on the couch with the flu thing. Because a lot of times we get wiped out with a flu when if you're a workaholic or if you have like a martyr archetype really active and at play in your system if you just never give yourself a break if you're really driven you know I'm, I'm sure we can all we've all at least heard stories of this and many of us can probably relate that you end up having to get like knocked down drag out sick before you'll just lay around on the couch how about you just lay around on the couch without getting sick so that's like part one of my tip is is recognize, literally out loud, talk to your body and say, thank you so much for the warning. I hear you and I'm going to take care of you. We do not have to get sick. We're just going to relax and take care of ourselves. And thank you. You've worked hard. Now it's time to just play and chill. The second part is something called counter attack. Counter attack. I don't know the name of the company that makes it, but I'm sure go into Amazon and look up counter attack and keep this in your house at all times. It is the all natural equivalent of airborne, which does not really work on me. My mother swears by that product airborne when she feels a cold coming on. But one time, I can't remember how long ago, maybe last winter, the kid was sick and gross, like had all the like carrier monkey germs. And I was like, I cannot afford to get sick right now. So I went to Whole Foods and I asked the guy working there, uh, an old wise kind of fellow, like, what what should I do? What should I take? And he introduced me to this product called Counterattack. And he says it works for him every single time. And I'm a person who's a little bit skeptical about all natural remedies because sometimes they sometimes they just don't work as well, I will say, or they're not as strong. And if you're trying to stop a cold in its tracks, you know, you you need you need something that really puts on the brakes. But this stuff is loaded. I wish I had a box right here with me so I could read you the ingredients. It is loaded with all the superpower plants, all the best things that you know if you're super witchy and into herbalism to, to kick a cold's butt. It has it in these pills and it works. It's incredible. So I did both. I listened to my body, I talked to my body, and I took the pills. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I'm feeling super awesome and super inspired now. August is almost over. And I was just ready to wrap up the summer of magic. And I was thinking about like, okay, this is going to be the last episode for the summer of the Ma summer of magic. It's going to be the last time that I play music for a while, not forever, because I really like Spirit House Records, but Spirit House Records was our musical sponsor this summer. So it'll be the end of that. I'll play one more song from them. And then I'm just ready to, to move the transition forward because we're in the middle of the autumn transition. The autumn transition is in between Lamas and Equinox. And when we start getting to the end of August, like we are right now, I'm just done with summer. 
And like I said, I'll like bust out all the sweaters and try them on. Even if we have another month or so of hot heat, I don't care. My mind is ready to prepare for autumn. So I saved one interview that I've had now for months to do next to air. I've already recorded it, but to share with you next week, because to me, it has an awesome fall feel. So this is going to be wrapping up the summer of magic. And then next week, there will be an interview with Lori Forrest, who is the author of The Black Witch Chronicles. Because to me, when you're heading into fall, you need like an awesome witchy fiction series. And and that is what Lori Forrest has written. So I'm like, that's perfect. That's perfect. And uh, then today... I was thinking this weekend about how I'm going to wrap up the Summer of Magic and then just move on mentally into fall. I was thinking, but I want to do I want to do one one more thing for the Summer of Magic. So, I sent a newsletter out about this. You may have seen it already. I created one more super bundle. So I kicked off the Summer of Magic with a couple of super bundles, just discount bundles for different products that I have. And I'm going to end it with another one called Goodbye Summer of Magic. So the Goodbye Summer of Magic Super Bundle. It's not super, super, actually. I just felt like calling it a super bundle (laughs) because I like the way that sounds. But it's got two super awesome products inside, two of my most popular products. One is the first ebook I ever wrote called The Spiritually Mature Witch. Actually, the second ebook because the first one was Hippie Witch, which I give to you all for free. And that is no little pamphlet. It's a full on ebook, by the way, if you've never gotten the Hippie Witch ebook. But the Spiritually Mature Witch is even longer and it has a shadow work tone to it. It's extremely practical and empowering. It's it's going to present you with tools for moving through life, moving through fear, moving through resistance and getting on with it. And then the second thing in the package is a six-part audio series called Shadow Love, which everybody seems to love. I love it. I'm very proud of it. Shadow Love Return to the Seat of Your Soul. And so this is just a discount, discounted package where you get both of them. So you'll get the ebook right when you sign up. And then the next day, you get the first installment of Shadow Love. And then they're consecutively delivered to you for six days. And it's perfect for anybody who has a case of that bittersweet longing that sometimes sets in with the end of summer or for anybody who's just like me and looking to get a jump on autumn and maybe you associate autumn with shadow work as so many of us do and that's that the discount is built right in so $33 has already been knocked off and you can get both products for 50 bucks and yeah, it's just one little one little thing. I know a lot of you have already done Shadow Love or or you've gotten the ebook. It's for people who haven't done either either and are interested in doing some shadow work. It's something I just put together in the spur of the moment when I was feeling myself kind of just that longing for the past, like, oh, summer's over, that kind of melancholy feeling that sets in, not because I'm such a summer girl, but as I get older, I realize like, wow, this is, you know, the summers are numbered. You don't know how many summers you're going to get. I guess I'm kind of morbid 
that way. Like each passing season feels, there's just a bittersweet feeling that I get at the end of each season when I realize like, wow, my time with my son and my family and my friends, it's finite. (laughs) This is not forever. And that's why I love really deliberately traveling, walking the wheel of the year because I want to be as present to the entire experience as I possibly as I possibly can. So there's that. I need to shut up before I start making myself cry. <laughs> oh, that would not be unusual for the Hippie Witch podcast. But there's another piece of news too that I'm getting ready to announce. So this is a pre-announcement. I've already shared this in passing on Patreon. I'm giving you the heads up right now that I am next week getting rid of my entire coaching practice. I'm replacing it with an exclusive tier on Patreon that's only going to be open for 10 People And I'll just give you the little Cliff Notes version of what I'm doing here. The reason for this is, you know, July really freaked me out. It was very stressful. I had to work double time. I had a goal to, in addition to being in the midst of a launch and doing all the things that I regularly do, I was trying to finish the manuscript for my novel to have a submittable submittable manuscript by July 15th and I did not make that date which was disappointing but I'm a very I'm a big picture person so I can miss a self-imposed deadline like that and feel disappointed but not like knocked out of the game I just I really once July ended and I took some time to myself I went back and re-examined that and I was like you know I think I'm just trying to do too many things in general. And this is my dream. This is my dream. I'm always talking about creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. And I want to take people on the process with me as I'm going about pursuing a new dream of being a published author with a traditionally published book series witchy fiction my favorite (laughs) how do you pivot from what I do with the podcasts and videos and kick-ass witch and all that stuff how do you pivot from really personal development with a touch of magic into being a fiction author I have been trying to do that for a couple of years now those of you that have been hanging with me on patreon you know that I've been slowly trying to make that transition and not that I want to ever stop doing Hippie Witch. I think I'm in this for life. I really love it. I particularly love interviewing other people about their kick-ass life of their dreams, how they are achieving it or have maybe already achieved it. I always want to be able to do that. I'm definitely opening it up now this year to include more artists filmmakers, authors, musicians, people like that. Anybody that lives, I think, an aspirational life. You know, a life that they had to really get to a place where they know themselves. You know, like, know thyself, which I think know thyself is one of the most potent forms of magic. And 
And witchcraft comes in two parts when you're looking at this idea of know thyself because it helps you know thyself. Like doing shadow work is a perfect example of that. It allows you to get more intimate with your true soul self. And then the second part of that is it allows you to then manage that self. <laughs> you you start to learn like what actually turns me on and lights me up. What am I afraid of? How do I work with this? How do I leverage myself into action using what I know about myself? It to me like know thyself is is the witchy slogan. It's the whole point for me. So having said that, Ramble, ramble, ramble. This is what happens when I just speak from the heart. This getting rid of the coaching practice is that for me. I needed to get rid of it because it's really time consuming for me. And I love helping people one-on-one create the kick-ass life of their dreams. But I knew at some point that I would make this transition. And this summer I just decided the time is now. So if you already bought a coaching package from me or you're in the middle of one, don't worry. I'm still honoring everybody's calls. You'll get every call that you paid for. But uh, this is going to be a really limited, limited thing. I'm cutting back so that I have more time to write. And so this tier on Patreon is going to be called, I'm so excited about this. I want this on t-shirts. I want it on mugs. It's going to be called the dream team. The dream team will include all content from all tiers, as well as like a mid-month group mastermind session that we all do together. And then each of those 10 people will get one 60-minute one-on-one coaching call with me that if you're one of those people, you can use to work on any dream that you are truly committed to manifesting. I only want to work with people that are super committed and Just to kind of give you an idea, if you've never worked with me, the three things that people tend to turn to me most often for when it comes to coaching are lifestyle changes, primarily diet and nutrition. I think that's because I used to lead the Sad to Sexy program, so people just associate that with me, and it's a passion of mine, so I'm always happy to work with people that way. Overcoming codependence or self-esteem issues, especially as they relate to relationships. And then also by far the most popular thing that people hire me for is biz witchery because I love helping people get up and running with their own personal brand online. That is another passion of mine. I have many passions. (laughs) So weeding it out and getting really, really clear and cutting back so I can still serve and still show up for you all while I pursue my own personal special little dream, I think this is this is the way to do that. So you can, if you are part of the dream team, you can make those calls about whatever you like. But because there are only going to be 10 spots available at a time, I do ask that you're super serious about it and committed to making real change happen. That you're willing to do the work and to t- actually take action on your dream. And also, I would love it if you gave us a minimum of three months to really get the ball 
rolling and you can stay on the dream team for as long as you want. But I feel like three months is a good amount of time because space is limited. I don't want people coming and going too often because I'm hoping to get a deeper relationship going with the group as a whole. So we can kind of feel like we all have each other's back. So know thyself, witch, and the dream team is coming. (laughs) So let's talk about Karen. Karen, Karen, what can I say about Karen? She is a unique individual, as you are about to find out. We talked in this conversation about how she manifested her life and home in Hawaii. We talk about aura photography and how she was called out as a witch most unexpectedly, even though she doesn't actually call herself a witch. We talk about tarot cards and the importance of forming authentic community within and around any business. That's kind of her specialty, which I didn't even realize until I was speaking with her. I knew she was good at that, but I did not know that was her actual job, (laughs) which kind of like blew my mind. We had just gotten started in the interview and I was like, what? I did not know this. I thought she was like an event planner. So her job is really specific and interesting and I think it's a little bit nerdy in the beginning she gets into like the tech the technicalities of what she does so pay attention because it's really interesting and then we kind of roll into talking about magic so without any further ado here is the awesome super lovely Karen Smith Hi, Karen. Welcome to Hippie Witch. I'm thrilled to be here. Hi, Joanna. I'm so happy to get to introduce you to the Hippie Witch listeners because you are, you're my secret weapon. You're my secret behind the scenes weapon. And I don't even think you know that, but you are. (laughs) You're so funny because a lot of times I do things, I think I'm invisible and then you're totally turning a flashlight on it. Like Karen's doing this over here. I'm like, gosh, quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Online, yeah. We all think no one can see us, right? Yeah. You know, well, in our little groups, I feel like uh, you hang out more like in the private groups. So I'm always giving you shout outs on Patreon, especially, but I just feel like it's too good not to share that. Well, let me just say this. Anybody that has an online group that they run or an offline group that they run or any kind of business, you need a Karen in your life. And this is why. Karen shows up and is like, ta-da, here I am. I'm going to support everything and everybody. And I'm going to add so much to every conversation. And I'm going to keep throwing new ideas at you that make you expand what you're already thinking you want to do. And that is Karen. That is very sweet. Is, is that, what is that? Why? Why are you like that, Karen? Is that a just a natural way you are in the world? Are you deliberate about that? Does it feel on purpose? I can't not do it. And the nice thing is I've been able to monetize it, and that's my full-time job. Awesome. I, I definitely want to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. So my my full-time job, I started out, I don't know if anybody knows what 501c6s are, but they're your trade associations where you usually have a lobbying component in Congress 
or in the legislature, and you group together like a group of, my first job was trial lawyers. So I did that for eight or nine years, I think. And the trial lawyers band together and they try to make sure that laws don't get changed that affect their business, right? So I never worked on the lobbying side, but I always worked on the membership side. So I ran the membership, I ran their events, I made sure there was engagement and people felt seen and loved and included. And then I did it with uh, Associated General Contractors. And when I moved to Hawaii, I I didn't really want to go to a full-time job, so I turned it into, now I do it for 501c3s, which are nonprofits that don't lobby, and I do, I gather clients, like small-time clients, uh, so I'm not full-time with anybody, right? They're all part-time, and they do that, so I have, like, memberships, and the whole idea is Karen is your go-to point person, so anytime they have a question about the membership or... And, you, you create these relationships and you make them because associations don't have any value. So you got to make people pay dues for something that's ephemeral, right? And that's how I made my business. So then when I get involved in these online groups, I'm so used to doing that. I want the engagement there. I want them to succeed. It's something I'm enjoying and I'm getting a lot out of. Oh so God. I throw that support that way. And and, and also, in a business way, I've tried to think of ways I might be able to turn that into a business on down the road, which would get me out of, see, I do it um, locally, but then I could travel if I did it for online groups. Holy smokes. I'm so excited right? that I get to be part of your <laughs> testing ground. But it, but it really, it was just, um, it just happened, you know, with Hippie Witch and, and a couple other groups that I'm in, it's it's not really, it's just because I enjoy doing it. I Sometimes I think, hmm, should I try to turn this into, you know what I mean? But I'm so busy with my regular local clients that I really haven't gone very far with that. But I, it has occurred to me. You're blowing my mind. I don't know where to go with this now because it's just <laughs> not what I expected at all. I did not expect that. I could. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> You're like saying like the numbers and letters. I'm like, I don't, I've never even heard this in my life. What are we talking about here? And you did a good job explaining it, but really I was thinking you were doing event planning for corporations and things like that. And there does seem to be an event planning component, component to, it. to it. Right. Because once a month, most of my groups will have a big lunch. And like I did one yesterday, and the CEO, well, the CIO, he came, the chief investment officer of the local bank here, did a presentation on finance. So I had 100 people at a luncheon over in Waikiki. We are always in that area, right? But something like that. And then you have to, you have to know how to do those types of, uh, that's like grunt work, right? <laughs> those hard things of making sure your registrations come through and make sure everybody... Uh, arrives and is happy even though they didn't register, all those little things like that. Yeah, so you have that component, but mainly there's kind of an overall umbrella of trying to make the organization go. Yeah, and you're saying that that is really about relationships. Am I hearing you right? I, I think it is, and that's why I never understood why people would get on a board, give their time, and give their money. 
I'm like, what? Why would you do that? That's a lot of time. You'd be with your wife and your kids. And then why does the bank want to give $20,000 to this group? And it took me kind of a while. <laughs> I was uh, yeah, a late bloomer, right? Like I didn't quite understand it when I was younger, but now I see that's what they're doing. When they come together with other civic leaders on a board, you get connections and you get um, emotional connection to people that you would not get just having a meeting with them. Yeah, it really elevates everything and and creates more of an investment. This is fascinating. Wow, you're surprising me. Now, like, everything just, like, blew out of my head that I thought I was going to say. Now we're going in this different direction, but I'm thinking about what... It's interesting. You just showed up one day. Like, here's Karen, and I was just very aware of you because you're super present. You're you're not like one of these people who just go around fluffing people up, you know, like, yay, you could. It's more of a listening, even though it's all online and text. You're actually taking in what somebody is saying and kind of validating them, but then offering really interesting advice, always unexpected. You, you catch me off guard a lot, which you're doing here right now, you know, just to make me think about things like, well, I didn't actually think about that, or that is way too far outside my wheelhouse, but thanks for mentioning it, Karen. Like it's things like that, you know, but, uh, you showed up, I feel like it was queen maybe somewhere around that. I know you've done a lot in terms of just showing up in that group and supporting other women there, which is really inspiring to me, makes me want to do a better job doing that. And uh, now that I think about the different things that you've done in the context of what you're saying, I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a business. I totally right. see the value. in it's a value thing. It's not bullshit. It's not about, like, fluffing people up or creating the illusion of community. It's about genuine connection. Right. And, and you do a really good job of that. I've been on a lot of been in a lot of groups. I've been in a lot of podcasts. I want to tell you how I found a hippie witch, if you don't care. Can I tell the story? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I was following um, in one of these other groups that I was in. They were talking about law of attraction. They were talking about different divination methods, blah, 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 those sorts of things. But there was a superficiality to it that I didn't appreciate, and there was a lot of uh, you know, higher, they weren't understanding really. And that's why I love what hippie witch does. Right. So I followed you from one of their guest speakers. They had Naha Armani on. I did not know her and I was blown away by her and immediately gathered up everybody that she was interviewed from. Like I put her in your iTunes, right? And you flip through and see all the podcasts they've been on. Oh yeah. And I, I do that to, when I'm into somebody, I'll be like, I yeah. can just binge everything that they, all their interviews. Right. And it's interesting. I would listen to every podcast and almost everyone asked her the same questions. Uh, I really got the same thing or they, they wanted to have her manifest something or do a, a spell. Or, but when I got to hippie witch, you got some things out of her that I had never heard anywhere else. And they were a synchronicity to me because this is one thing about Hippie Witch that I love. You have, it's the whole creating the kick-ass life of your dreams, right? And mainly that's around believing you can be it. And 
I, for a long time in my life, I did not, but I just thought that's not for me. It wasn't, I mean, I've been a really positive person my whole life, but there were things that was like, oh, I'll never be thin. I'll never be rich. I'll never, you know, these things. I didn't even know I had those beliefs. Mm. And when I listened to Naha, she started talking and I'm thinking, oh, there's this amazing woman. She's got a huge following, house of intuition. And, you know, she's got this incredible, oh, she's just so knowledgeable and so smart. And how'd she find that? And when you interviewed her, she told the story of how she, her teacher was a guy named Tippett. And he was from Arkansas, my hometown. He is from Little Rock. And he taught her how to do an altar. And quartz crystals came from Arkansas, like they're the only place in the U.S. or most of the world where quartz comes from. It's the best mines. And they're in Arkansas. And somehow that that reflected back to me, like, I'm from there, and these amazing people and things are from there. And it just made me think that I could be some of that. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I I love that you gravitated toward Naha, that you were resonating with her. It makes perfect sense now that I know you because she's one of the most authentic people that I've ever interviewed. And I'm it's I'm a weird combination because I do love new age things, but I'm a little bit woo resistant. And maybe it's what you were saying about, like, there's a kind of superficiality that I personally like to punch through. <laughs> I just like to, like, rip all that down, rip all that down, cry, do the ugly cry, like, get real. Like, that just, I get impatient about that kind of thing. And that she works with crystals and feathers and does, you know, the great right ritual and all of that with utter sincerity and authenticity is compelling to me. I just find her really true to who she says she is. And I think you are too. So it would make sense that that, that is how you and I would end up meeting each other. Right. You had said to, I think it was Matt Arwen. Is that his name? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You had said, you talk about things that I've always said, oh, I can't believe in that. And the way you frame it and you talk about it makes me think, wow, that rings true to me. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about Hippie Witch. Oh, yay. Thank you. I'm so glad. Completely. Yes, yes. So we should tell people, too, that you actually have some really cool manifestation stories. We, oh, yeah. We started yeah. getting very technical about your career, but then you mentioned in passing Hawaii, and it's like, wait a minute, she's from Arkansas. We're talking about Hawaii. Can you kind of give us a more, just tell the story, I guess, of how you ended up in Hawaii, because I think it's pretty oh, sure. magical. Sure. So my husband actually, was, he grew up in Hawaii. He was here for like 20 or so years. And then he moved to Arkansas and met and married me. And then we moved quite a bit. We moved to Missouri. We moved to Wisconsin. And then we even moved to Perth, Australia for a couple of years. And the way we got that Perth gig was we were just open and we said yes to things that a lot of people would say, that's amazing, but I can't do it because my kids are in school and my mother needs me. You know what I mean? So just being open, that was one of the ways we got to go to Australia. My husband, we'd been a bunch of places. My husband wanted to get back to Hawaii. And we tried for one job we really thought he was going to get. And this is the way it seems like everybody's manifestations go. You think you're going to get there. I think Robert Ohado has one, like he talks about trying to be a stewardess. Remember he's, he like tries and tries and all these things happen. Um, but so we thought this job was going to come up. It never did. It never did. It never did. After like a year, finally we gave up. And then one day they called and said, cause he had already interviewed and everything. They were like, we want you to come in two weeks. 
and we had a house that we needed to sell and to be able to move. And um, we don't have children, but I have a dog. I have a little Chinese crested dog named Lilo. I had started the process because dogs can't come to Hawaii. So when we first started thinking about Hawaii, I'd started on that process worried that we would have to leave her because we did that in Australia. I had to leave a dog with my mom until it was through the quarantine. So it, it was the craziest thing. We put the house up for sale. The realtor told me it needed a new roof and I priced it too high. My husband agreed with him and I said, I do not need a new roof. I do have not priced it too high. I went and got a little, what are they, $5 St. Joseph that you bury upside down in your yard and you say the little spell. This might've been my first spell. You know what I'm talking about? And you bury it in the yard and you pray over it and say, this house needs to sell. The realtor put it online in an hour he Well, almost immediately, he called and said, these people want to come and see it in 30 minutes. The people came and saw it and bought the house. We had a 20-day close. The day after the close, I got in the car and drove cross-country with my little girlfriend because the dog couldn't fly that far. We drove across the country, and the day we arrived in California to put her on the airplane to fly was the day her quarantine was up. So she got to go with you? Yes, she got to go with me to the day the house closed. To the day we got more money than we thought. We got yeah. So it did not fix that roof. Okay, so tell me about this. Tell me about this is a Catholic thing. Are you Catholic? Yes. Are you from a Catholic? I'm not Catholic. No, but a girlfriend of mine had sold a house that way, and I've just I've always been like into divination light. You know what I mean? Like always I would read books about fortune telling and reading palms and I'm real big. Oh, I've got a bunch of aura stories that, you know, you get your picture taken with aura. Yeah. We lived in Australia this first time. I had kind of an interesting thing happened to me with auras. So I've always kind of had a little bit of lightness. I would never have called myself a witch, but definitely I think we're all in. We all grew up watching Bewitched, right? We're all interested in that. <laughs> so a girlfriend had had me do, had done that and had success, and I was like, hey, it's not going to hurt to pay $5 and bury it. And you're supposed to dig it up afterwards so that the house, you know those houses that sell and sell and sell in the, in the neighborhood. Yeah, those houses, I say that St. Joseph didn't get dug up. So I went to dig it up after, and it was completely gone. It kind of reminded me of your Apple story. <gasps> like, oh, it, yes. I had just I had just buried it not too long ago, and it was not, it was in kind of wood chips, and it wasn't that, but it didn't smell like an apple. It was just a little plastic thing. I wouldn't think an animal had carried it off, but it didn't look disturbed, but it wasn't there anymore. It disappeared. Fascinating. And that is how you ended up in Hawaii. Yes. Wow, that is so cool. That is yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. And well, and so one more story, uh, if I, if it's okay, how I got my dog. Um, Scruffy? Or, well, the, the, oh, the story of Scruffy, yes. Are these the story two different Scruffy. stories? So, no, no, well, they can all be told together. But um, my dog was 19, the one that went to Australia, was 19 years old. Her name was Vivi. And in the last year of her life, you know, 19-year-old dog's not doing well. And my groomer was out at PetSmart one day and ran into her, and she had just rescued this little dog named Scruffy. And I looked in that little face, and I wanted that dog so bad. Oh, my God, I almost cried. I wanted that dog. I wanted to—so I thought, me or someone in my family, someone needs to adopt Scruffy. 
but um, my dog was couldn't have taken a new dog in the household. She was just too old, and Scruffy was high, high maintenance. And um, so I had to let her go. She was a little mixed breed. And my, my groomer gave her away, and my dog eventually did die within a couple of months. And then my husband didn't want a dog right away. And so, okay, I forgot about it. And it just broke my heart. I think about Scruffy almost every day. But I knew Scruffy already had a new home. It was fine. So uh, my husband said, hey, you know, I think I'm ready for a dog. So I called my groomer and I said, hey, um, just to let you know, if you see a rescue, we're looking. We don't ever we, we've always rescued dogs. We don't get, we don't buy them as puppies. Mm-hmm. And she said, what about Scruffy? And I said, oh, I thought you had given her away. As it turned out, Scruffy had had seven homes. She was found in the street by someone. So that was her second home. They gave her to my groomer. My groomer gave her away. They gave her back. She gave her away again. They gave her back. Aww. And now Scruffy has been renamed to Lilo. And she came to Hawaii with us. She, so what is for you will not go past you. You will get it. If it's something isn't meant for you, I really believe that. Oh, I, I love to believe that. Yes. I enjoy believing that, I should say. And I'm always excited when I hear a story like that that confirms it. I just, yeah, it, like this job we thought had gone away that brought him here. And no, it came back to us because there was nobody else for it. They looked for somebody else, but they couldn't find anybody. But um, in Hawaii, it's very hard. They they don't want to move people here because it's hard to live here. You, people think they want to live here, but, you know, not not always want to well, live here. Well, what's the reality of that? Going from Arkansas to Hawaii is pretty dramatic. Yeah, we sold our house for, like... $280,000, which is, does not sound like a lot, but I, it was 2,500 square feet, beautiful house, quarter acre of land with wow. all kinds of hills and a stream in the back and two-car garage, and, and it was really an amazing house. And so we didn't get very much in the scheme of the world. And then when we moved here, it was interesting. When we moved here, we just looked into a couple of things, and one of them was, we uh, well, we couldn't find a house to buy. And as it turned out, there was a whole bunch of synchronicities, how we ended up with the place we're in now. We're in a townhouse and it is, I think we got, how to say this. So somebody else was in escrow in this house for months and months and months. We were looking for a house. We saw a um, model unit down the street Ended up, the person was escrow in this house, went and bought the model home and opened up this house. I had called the realtor and said, hey, I just saw that car. That house has four bedrooms and two-car garage where this one has three-bedroom, one-car garage. And he said, oh, no, 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 someone else is going to get it. But they didn't have time to wait. It was in a, it was a compromise situation. If it's a government-backed loan that someone defaults on, then they um, have to wait for the bank to approve the sale, right? Are you following me? Yes, yes. So they went and they went and took the model house that I didn't want. And the realtor called me the next day and said, hey, they just backed out in this house. I'm not going to put this house back on the market and list it again if you want it. Come look. Yeah. And I did. And so we got the house for six ninety five. And we, the one went up for sale the other day for nine twenty five. Wow! See, Just so identical. I know you understand what I'm talking about. L.A. real estate prices. 
You, yes. must, you must be scoffing at me because I think it's even more expensive in Hawaii. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it depends on where you want to live. But, yeah, my HOA fees are $800 a month. Wowie. Yeah, that's before you pay your mortgage. <laughs> so do you feel Hawaii lives up to its reputation beauty-wise? Is it is it the paradise that you imagined it would be or is it just another place to live? Well, this is another reason I needed Hippie Witch. This is one of the reasons I wanted to listen to the podcast because there's no seasons here. So walking the will of the year kind of helped me resolve some of that. Mm. Even more than California where you talk about occasionally you get to turn your heater on. I don't think I've ever really put a heater on, you know what I mean? Where we live, there are places up in the mountains that have snow and different things. But for the most part, if you had to pay a tax on weather, like there are some people, we lived in Wisconsin, you couldn't pump gas without the water in your eyes freezing. Whoa. (laughs) So yeah. So for something like that, it does matter. But, but my, all my family's in Arkansas and that's very difficult not to be able to get to them very quickly or easily or inexpensively, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank God for the internet. I find, like, my, <laughs> my mom travels as a missionary, and it would be so sad, I guess, if, if we didn't have the internet because it allows us to keep up with her as much as we want. We can Skype. We can send photo albums back and forth, and it helps. Yeah. yeah. When I lived in Australia, the internet had started, so you could... You can, you know, you did the, you'd start up a, you know, a session for 20 minutes, but we, we couldn't exchange pictures very well. You, they were pretty blurry back then. And a phone call, my little girlfriend called me for my birthday and she didn't get a international plan. Just thinking, I'm just going to call and pay. It was $140 to call me. And you think now, right? We don't even have to pay anything. Mm-hmm. With WhatsApp and Skype and stuff like that, you can call anybody in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, things have really changed and made it a lot easier. Yeah. You know, you can do video calls. Over, you've lived all over the place. I, yeah. I, I've, like I said, I've said yes to a lot of things that a lot of people, it's not, I don't think it's lucky. I think it's just believing it's for you, you know? Following the synchronicities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you could, there's so many things that I think I shared in, when we did our 2025 call. Oh, that was so fun. A, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And oh my God, meeting the people face to face. You're right, that was so great. Mm-hmm. Seeing like Dina, I didn't know her, and she's adorable. And that painting, I was so jealous of that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, all just all the girls. In the, I say girls because other than Danny, I don't really know that many men. There are in the men, Hippie but they, they hide out. They, the I don't hide? know why they don't hang out in the forums with us. Um, they tend well, to email me instead. Oh, yeah. Well, if you need friends, if you need girlfriends, I, that Discord is amazing. Just the, I, I mean, you know, like... Um, Mariella Janelle, she's so cute. Oh my God, oh, yeah. she's adorable. New, and Alicia is so good. She's such a witchy little mommy. And of course, Sarah and who else? Emily. And I mean, I don't even think, you know, one day Dale and I hooked up the phone part through Discord and she kind of told me her story. It was very interesting. And B, I went home to Arkansas and B lives in Missouri. And I said, hey, I want to go to the uh, 
the Waltons have a Crystal Bridges is a big museum there. And I was like, I'm going to come up and see the Frank Lloyd Wright house. They reassembled on site. And she's like, okay, me and my husband will meet you. So we had a little hippie witch meet up there. It's just, it's really, uh, yeah. And Jess, who is my secret solstice giver, she sent me amazing gifts. Just some really amazing people. We should tell people what you're talking about. First of all, Karen, this is one of the things Karen did is she's like, hey, let's do a secret solstice, like secret Santa kind of thing here where we uh, like a gift exchange in July. Like she set it up, I think, in June and... Like, nothing to do with me. Nothing at all to do with me. This was, but it was the summer of magic. It was it, just to add on, yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you just take things to the next level, and you're such a good community organizer, and you handled all that yourself, too. You're like, email me if this, oh, yeah. or this or that. And I was just like, this woman is incredible. You make me want to do better all the time. Uh And then Discord, for people who don't know, it's a chatting app that links up to Patreon. It's changed my life because I will say like being in private groups on Facebook helped me connect with people. Patreon's a whole other level to me. Just knowing there's a safety as a creator, knowing that people are willing to like hop over that paywall to invest in you and hang out with you. It just helps me let my hair down. But then once we all, once we're sitting there chatting every morning, just about our life, Hey, I'm drinking coffee. I'm doing that. Just, it gave me as the creator, a sense of who everyone is. And it feels real, like a real community to me in a way that I just never could have predicted. The internet is wild. Yeah. I mean, if you want a friend, there are 20 girlfriends sitting over in Discord looking for people to talk to. And we really, I mean, I feel as friendly with them. I know, uh, you know, you watch them on Instagram. I know their daughters and their husbands. I see Alicia's husband and her little daughter dancing. And I feel as much of connection with them as I do people here in real life that I really don't even, I see more often, but don't know. Right. That is fascinating. I have to circle back to you when you said, I don't really feel like a witch. You're such a magical person just naturally, but I have taken to calling you a color witch lately. I think it was after we did, um, for people who don't know, we did a, we did a live. No, I, maybe you did. And Uh, it went in subconsciously. It was when we did the live, when we, we did the come as you will be party and you were showing us those paintings with all the color and you were wearing tons of color. And I just started associating you with color. And I think you're very witchy. Oh, color. Yeah. Everybody that knows me, color is my thing. If you come in my house, it is an explosion of yellows and pinks and greens. And yeah, colors and other colored lights. Like my whole house is that hue light system. Do you know what I'm talking about? I get what you're saying, but I don't. You go and. If you go in Best Buy and have that whole section where they have the lighting that's under counter and all the light bulbs are colors, that's what my house looks like. It's wow. crazy color. Yeah. But so, well, when I was in Australia, I went for the first time ever, I went to have my aura done and they put all the color around your face, right? Mm-hmm. And 
I went to that and it was really weird. The guy that was doing them was reading, doing readings for everybody and he would not do my reading. And finally his wife kind of came over and said, yellow means happiness and orange means this and that and that and kind of like go on. I was really disappointed, but that happens sometimes. You just get off the line, right? Things don't work out. And I really wanted to have a reading. So I told my little girlfriend about it. She said, when I come to Australia, we're going to do that together. So I called them and I was like, where are y'all going to be? And my girlfriend's coming there like, we're not going to be anywhere. We're not doing anything. But if you have four people, you can come to our house and have your aura readings done. So I had four little girlfriends lined up and it turned out the two local back down. And we told the husbands, y'all got to get have aura readings with us. <laughs> they did not think that was going to be cool. But anyway, so we went to these strangers house, right? And we got our aura readings done and they were really interesting. But the guy again would not do my reading. What is up with that? I, isn't that weird? And finally I said, hey, you know, I just wondered, you know, like, do you have anything for me? Like, you've talked about everybody else. And he looked at me. This is so weird. And it's, it could happen to anybody. I don't even know anything about this guy. But when something, when you feel like it, when somebody tells you something, I think that means more than when they're just telling you. Anyway, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, you are a great witch. And then he kind of paused. I was like, wow, I've never had it. And he's, then he kind of mentioned a couple of little things. But but it was kind of like, I don't have to give you a reading because you know. Wow. Yeah, that, that's kind of what he was saying. And then ever since then, anytime that's where my reference, because which means so many things to so many people. And when he says that, it was like, which is power. So you're so in that way, maybe I would be called a witch, but but I would never have a. I, I just don't feel it in me to be in a coven or to. Um, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't ring true, like for me to tell people that. But just I, I don't know if I'm saying my explaining it correctly, but it's a it's a feeling that you have, but not a label that you wear. I oh my god, you're a genius. Yes. <laughs> Let me put that on my tote bag. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that he would use that word because that's such a shocking word. It's one of the reasons, actually, that I like it because it makes people think. It makes them sit up. Uh, it's become more popular in the last few years, for sure. Uh, so maybe it doesn't have quite the same polarizing but effect. But this was in 1999. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, think, that's I, pretty yeah. wild to throw out at somebody, I think. Right? Yeah, it was really interesting. And then my little girlfriend, who's wanted to be a witch her whole life, threw a fit. I wanted to be the witch, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she was the one that bought tarot cards when I thought they were bad. You know what I mean? When we were younger, she's adorable. How do you, how do you, we we will wrap this up in a second, but I I have another question. How do you manage... How do you manage your time with your job and your family? But, you know, you're talking about these different groups, the way you ran the secret solstice thing, like, so like, send me this all, you know, you, you really did all the things that I hate to do. (laughs) I, I really, this is why I don't go on Facebook groups a lot because I, I don't love technology and I don't like, like, I don't know, just the, what am I trying to say? The the work of (laughs) like organizing people and keeping track of everything. And you were doing all of that. How do you manage your time in a way to where you are so 
present and you're hearing everything and you're acknowledging like, okay, this is Elisa's family. And like you're remembering everybody's name and their lives. And, and how do you do that? Or do you even know? So here we go. Another divination thing. I went and I, there's a thing called happiness university that's run here in, in Hawaii. And the one woman that runs it, she is fascinating. And she was, is an astrologer. So for the first time ever, I had my chart read by her. It's kind of expensive. I only did it once and I probably won't do it again. But one thing she said about me about my chart. She said, this is the most balanced chart I've ever seen. She said, you can see the high and you can see the detail. You've got both vision. And that, that really struck me as true. For some reason, when we're at a committee meeting, there's a lot of people that cannot see like where we're trying to go and other people can't see the detail to get there. And I feel like that's one of my superpowers. Also, my husband is an information security executive with the bank and he's Mr. IT. So that helps, right? To have that in your house. Like we have all the resources. um, And I always have since I've been married to him. We've been married 26 years. So you know, I always had all the equipment to try things and use. So that's with my groups. I use a lot of tech. I have um, a group that like you use MailChimp and Eventbrite and I hook them all up together with a thing called join it. And I try to make it flow like that. But, but for that group, I knew exactly in my head what that Excel spreadsheet needed to look like. When I was collecting the names, I went to Discord, popped them off and threw them in the Excel spreadsheet, and then I did a little flip, and everybody got assigned their people, and then just copied and pasted and sent out. So it didn't take me probably five minutes huh. to do that. Yeah, that's a talent thing, I'm going to say, because it would definitely take me longer. I, that's that's just a gift. You, you freak me out sometimes, too, because I'll be talking about something, and you'll be like, oh, this reminds me of something you said 2.5 years ago. And I'm like, what did I say? I don't even know. I have no so, idea. Yeah, you do not understand the value of those first years of your show. I, I do not know that you you can see how valuable those are. I I go back and I have certain favorite ones that I go back and listen to. One of them is I don't hear anybody else talking about it, but it's like you talked about somebody saying there was an, they were an empath and they couldn't go out in public. And you're like, yeah, you need to learn how to turn that shit on and off. I mean, yeah, (laughs) you know, you're just not grown up, but you know, get with it lady. Or I just, there were some things that you just said, maybe it was the naivety or the first couple of years. And now you might be a little more protected and think, Oh, I don't want hurting feelings or whatever, but that tell it like it is that uh, that's what drew me in. And I, I love all those old shows. So sometimes I will go back and they're kind of like a little divination for me because I'll go back and listen to one and it'll be the exact one that I need to listen to. Or it'll be the one talking about transforming fate into destiny. And I've just picked up Robert Otto's book again after two years. He's so, so it's, interesting. It's really, he's so yeah, interesting. I love what he has to say. I think he's, yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, I think I hear from people all the time that they love those episodes, but for me, it is a protection thing. It's like, because I would just say anything. It was just like I was talking to a friend, and then I didn't realize, like, this is going out. I mean, I knew it was going out to thousands and thousands of people, but it didn't, like, click for me until I was really doing the Saturday 
Saturn's Day evening posts when I was really just like, oh, like just goofing off and stuff. And I was like, yeah, maybe this isn't safe. I don't know. And uh, yeah. so I don't know. There's there's that. Like, I feel like the more professional presentations, I feel like I can deliver the same information, but maybe not be as uh, porous, if that makes sense. No, and, and I completely understand you wanting to protect yourself, but that authentic Joe is where you get your audience. And I think you said that, right? Saturn's Evening Post, people are just showing up like crazy. Yes, that, I, I took a break because I was like, what is happening? Why? <laughs> like, I just thought this was the most embarrassing, goofy me. Like, it's just who you would get if you showed up and I was in sweatpants on a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we are all embarrassing, and but... But when you hear those podcasts where people are perfectly polished and tell you everything that you could read in a book for yourself, and now if you'll only give me nine ninety nine and join my group, and it's whoop whoop closing now tomorrow, you can't get in. You know they add like your marketing is spot on for me too because it comes from a place of genuineness. Like you always hear these other really people I respect in this world that. Oh, I can't stand that. Oh, Karen, you never, you'll never be able to get in this group again. And then the next week they go, guess what? We decided to reopen the group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you're a hard person to fool because you have some sort of photographic memory going on. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Uh, do you know that woman that used to say she could remember everything? No. Um, there was, there was a woman uh, on, I can't remember, she was kind of in the news for a while, and she talked about, she. you could ask her what happened on a Wednesday in 1972, and she would know. Oh, I've heard of people, like some actually autistic yeah. people are like the, that. Here's the deal. She was 40 years old. She lived with her mother, and she had all the time in the world, and she wrote these long journals of her day of the mundane day. Then she would go back and read the journals because she had some, she didn't have a job. She didn't have time. She had so much time on her hands. So she reviewed something. And they, I think they say, if you review something three times, it'll stay with you. And I think that's where my superpower is. Like if I go to a meeting, I take notes. So I've listened to it and I've written it down. Then I come back from the meeting and I'm the one that types the minutes. And then occasionally I'll say, what was that? And I review. So I'm just looking at things over and over again. So I don't think my memory is that great, but I am reviewing it over and over. And that's where your memory comes from. That but if you don't have great, time. That is an awesome tip for people listening. Yeah, but if but if you really don't have time, I mean, you can't do that. You know, I, I do have then I don't have kids, and my job is very unstructured. So, like, I've got a site visit. We're going to have an event at a new facility downtown, and I'm going to leave here in about an hour and go do that site visit. But other than that, I had all the morning to get ready and think about what we were going to talk about and have time for this call. And so, yeah, I don't even have anything until... 11 o'clock my time, which most people don't have that luxury. Right? Yeah, we most make a good are... balance, Karen, because I'm more like 10 million things all at the same time. Set a timer so you don't forget you're talking to Karen. Okay, the timer goes off. Go pee, get a drink of water, and now you're talking to Karen. Like, that's, that's, that's yeah. how I am. <laughs> that's right, yeah. But I try to be, you know, you were talking about how to organize my stuff. I try to, like, have it as much tech as I can you know, like auto, if I send an email, it automatically goes on my calendar, those mm. sorts of things. Automation. So I really, and I don't have children, which those kids take up time. They really do. They really, <laughs> they really 
Okay, so that was an excellent tip. I was about to ask you what is your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams, and knowing you, you probably know exactly what that is. So did we just oh. get a bonus tip with the... With the Okay, so the, you're 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 gonna and listen to Hippie Witch. Do what Joanna suggests. Like do the exercises. If you just sit there and listen to the journal prompts on the in the car while you're driving along, and then you're not gonna get anything out of that. So, you know, invest in whatever you're studying in, right? Anything, yeah, anything, <laughs> anything that you care about. That's right. Yeah, I yeah, agree with do that. Do the journal prompts. Yeah. I'm such a journal prompt person. I find them to be, I've I've been told that the ones that I write sometimes are a little like, I don't know, uh, abrasive or I just sort of jump right in with like, let's go deep. Oh, really? But it doesn't Hmm. feel that way to me. It feels very just like we're just exploring. (laughs) Yeah. No, it doesn't feel that way to me either. Oh, good. Uh, I do a tarot card of the day. We use the same one. That Oracle deck is amazing. I love that one. Wisdom of the Oracle, is that the name of it? Yes, it's so good. That's Colette Baron reed for people oh, wondering. Yeah, it is really good. Now I've gotten to, because I've been doing pulls for a while this morning, <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm going to have this interview this morning, and what what card, so I'm holding the deck in my hand, right? And I'm like, I'm shuffling. I'm like, what card would be the best card for me for this interview? And then, you know, my word of the year this year, I, I did that, and I keep, I'm going along with it, right? Like, most years, I just forgot it. I was like, oh, yeah, that was the word. But this year, it was allowing acceptance, like, allow things to happen and accept things where you are and be authentic. So, I guess I've got multiple words. Triple but anyway, A. Authentic- the triple A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, authenticity, I was like, I really... Don't try to put on airs. Don't try to be more than you are. Uh, probably the fool is the best card. And I'm shuffling and I pull out and I've got the fool in my hand. Oh, that's. Isn't that crazy how those things happen? So you can almost do, if once you know the tarot deck, you can almost pick the card in your head. You don't even need the deck. You know that what I mean? That is true. Yeah. And I, I always, I think the cards are just a reflection for what's going on up there anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then. If you know it's not the right card, haven't we all said, oh, that's not right? Uh, <laughs> then you you know. Your head is the person that knows. So draw another card. If you, you know, I, I just don't believe that that the card is the magic. The magic is what you bring to the card. If I pull one that feels really like maybe I'm having an amazing day, like I feel I woke up feeling awesome and I just know the day ahead is going to be amazing. And then I pull a card that's like, I don't know, the tower or something. And I'm like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Like, I feel awesome. (laughs) I won't pull. I won't usually get rid of that to get a, a better card. I'll just be I'll either stay open like to. I'll check back in at the end of the day and see what this applied to. Or more mm-hmm. often than not, I'll pull a second card for a clarification. And one one that just happened that really interested me is I did a three-card spread on where I am right now with my novel and where I'll be at a particular date with it, my birthday. Like, where will I be with this on my birthday? And that was the center card was, like, where I will be on this date with it in the process. And the first card I pulled was the three of swords which is the Mm. heart with the three swords pierced through it and I'm like that doesn't look very happy birthday to me (laughs) (laughs) so I pulled another card for clarity and got the empress 
And that was so comforting to me because the way I interpreted it in the moment was this is the birthing process and it, there are labor pains. And so when I was thinking about the three of swords and, and the birthing process, it made it very doable for me. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, I can, I can go through that birthing process. I know that process. So sometimes taking a second card can give some clarity to the first. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've, I've picked up Lenormand this year and I'm trying to learn that. And you know, the Lenormand is all about the combinations. So you don't, you don't draw a card in Lenormand, you draw three cards and it means something. Mm. Yeah. People love it. I have not even attempted it at all. I, I'm very loyal to the Rider-Waite-Smith. I'm, I'm so curious. That's actually where I started because I didn't know any better. <laughs> I yeah. Didn't, uh, really? Wow. And I do think that deck is very interesting, but for years I've been so loyal to Rider-Waite-Smith and I don't. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I like it. No, I, I feel like Rider Waite Smith is the storyteller deck. Yeah, you're probably right. And as a storyteller, that it probably fits you. I feel like it fits me because of that. Like, I, I love to tell a story. Yes. Nothing, oh, my God. Nothing worse than someone telling my punchline. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't do that today, Karen. No, no, you didn't. But I'm just saying, as a storyteller, like, you know, you know, knock me down, punch me in the head, but don't tell my punchline. Yes, no spoiler <laughs> alerts, please. Yeah, exactly. Or no spoilers, I should yeah, just yeah. say. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, my color witch friend, for taking the time to do this. Oh, you're so sweet. And thank you for Hippie Witch. I, I know it takes a lot out of you, but so many of us really, really value it. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, it gives me more than it takes. Good, good. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Thank you. So that's Karen, the official patron of the month for August 2019. Now do you see what I meant by every business or every online group or organization needs its very own Karen? She should totally open a business like that. And then she could be location independent, which I am all about. Having the freedom to just open up your laptop and do your business anywhere in the world. I love that. I am location independent, sort of. My son actually keeps me anchored here in Los Angeles because he's special needs and he is signed up with a lot of different programs. We could move, but untangling him from all of that would be, (laughs) it will be a situation. It would definitely take some time. And LA actually has really good services for him and programs. And he's in the Special Olympics on the golf team now. We're so excited. He's on the golf team. It's the cutest thing ever. I'm super proud. Super proud. And because because this is the very last episode of the Summer of Magic, first just let me remind you to follow the link if you're interested in the Goodbye Summer of Magic Super Bundle and you want to do a little bit of shadow work right now, check it out. And also, we have to say a thank you and a goodbye to Spirit House Records. Thank you, Johanna Warren, for introducing us to some awesome new music. The final artist that I am going to share with you from the Spirit House label for now, we can always circle back if you guys want to and if they want to, is it's a band called Book of Color. And I chose their song, Lucid Dream, because we're witchy and we're into lucid dreaming. And I thought that that was perfect. But also the vibe took me way back. 
back, way back to when I used to listen to CDs. I so miss my CD collection. And in my 20s, oh my God, I had a huge CD collection. I was super into it. I would just sit on the floor of my apartment and listen to music. I could do it for hours. And listening to Book of Color, the song in particular, Lucid Dream, it reminded me of I'm going to say this slow so you all can go over to YouTube and look up these songs. I highly recommend looking up these songs or making a little playlist. It reminds me of Joe Henry. Joe Henry is not well known, and I don't know why, but Joe Henry's song, Mean Flower, mean as in mean girls, mean flower, Rufus Wainwright, cigarettes and chocolate milk. I love that song. Oh, uh, it really reminds me of those two songs, but then those two songs are just weirdly lumped into my brain with two other artists that I just, I guess I listened to them at the same time on a loop back in the day, so I cannot separate them out. Ryan Adams' song, When the Stars Go Blue, he had two records back-to-back that I was obsessed with, but just thinking about Book of Color song, Lucid Dreaming, if you like that vibe, When the Stars Go Blue, oh. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then Jeff Buckley has a song that I also love. He's no longer on the planet. He left us far too soon. But he has a song called So Real that I would include in that playlist. So Book of Color, Lucid Dream. It has this long instrumental opening but don't let that fool you. It feels very dreamy. It feels like the title of the song like Lucid Dream. But the vocals do finally kick in at like minute, a minute and 13 seconds. And my favorite lyric from the song is, there's no need to knock when you are the door. There's no need to knock when you are the door. Think about that, my friends. Think about that. (laughs) I also want to share a note that I could not figure out how to buy that as an individual track on Bandcamp. It wanted to make me buy the entire record, but I'm more of a track-by-track person. So I went over to Amazon, and sure enough, you can buy the track on Amazon. So I will link to that in the show notes in case you just want to get the track Lucid Dream that I'm about to play for you now. Here it is without any further ado. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Hippie Witch. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.
just as easy as it seems Learn to fly a lucid dream And drift it high above a crowd Out in a field Lift it off the ground Breathing thoughts involved Thank you.